Welcome to Sunday Night Live. I am Chase Geyser, your host this evening. We have so much news to cover, so much crazy stuff going on, as always. And I wanted to start out talking about this new trailer that I saw when I was preparing for the show tonight. American Society of Magical Negroes trailer calls white people the most dangerous animal on the planet. If we can go ahead and run clip four and then we'll talk about it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> and I want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to say. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Sure. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name needs a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. You ready? Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munt. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? Come on, man. She's smart and funny. And... I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. I've always felt like it's my job to make white people feel comfortable. And here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm gonna need your help. Do you think you can, like, work your magic? Hey, are you talking about me? Hey. Oh my god. Wait, are you? Society. Who was it? You didn't let her go like I told you. If you interfere with her or your client, you could have your memory erased. You won't even remember she existed. Even though we might never see each other again, I need you to know that what we had was real. I'm curious to see how you're gonna make it out of all this. Well, there you have it, folks. A trailer for the new Hollywood comedy, The American Society of Magical Negroes, has been released, which characterizes white people as the most dangerous animal on the planet. Can you believe it? And this comes in the context of several other trailers that have come out in the last few days. There's this new Civil War trailer, which came out, as well as this documentary coming out called God and Country. The Civil War trailer seems to be basically predictive programming, where they're framing Republicans, conservatives, white people as these right-wing extremists who are going to catalyze a civil war in the United States of America if given any power. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. We went over it on the War Room on Friday afternoon. But this movie's coming out next spring, and it's not a coincidence to me. I often wonder if what we, what's done in Hollywood is actually a response to the zeitgeist. 
in the United States of America, the spirit of the times, or whether what's done in Hollywood is designed to create a zeitgeist. And it seems as time has gone on that it's more and more the latter. And so when you see what's happening in Hollywood, when you see these headlines, when you see these trailers, these movies that come out, you have to ask yourself, who wants me to fall for this? Who wants me to have an emotional response to this trailer? Who wants me to believe what is going on? And when you start asking yourself that question of who wants me to buy into this narrative, it becomes more and more obvious that there actually is a conspiracy going on in terms of the psychological status or mindset of the American people. There is an effort to control what the American people think at all times about everything. In this Civil War trailer, which basically seems to be an anti-right-wing, anti-state sovereignty, anti-individual sovereignty propaganda piece, comes in the context of this democratic supercut. This is clip one we're going to run in a second. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Supercut of dramatic Dems freaking out over dictator Trump. Let's see this supercut in the context of some of these other movies that are coming out. Go ahead and run it. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president, um, it, it, because if he is... You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada, because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And he's going to annex Canada. to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the First Lady. We're going to see violence, <laughs> the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail, or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. He's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. He wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end of democracy yeah. i think that could be the end of our democracy but democracy is dead if trump is reelected. elected up to putin that democracy will be at risk the absolute destruction of the justice department as we know it the justice department could be entirely transformed i am really concerned about that every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration he's re-elected he will curb transgender rights the end of the rule of law arrest political opponents to persecute not prosecute but persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after the independent and free 
parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Ridding the government of all democratic safeguards. Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected. He won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently there right you now. Have it. To Rachel stop that Madcow from disease right there. Trump is supposedly a great threat to our democracy. All of this in the context of this trailer about the Civil War movie coming out, a trailer that we just showed to the Society of Magical Negroes. The trailer that came out last week had this new documentary called God and Country, where they basically spend the entire documentary talking about the dangers of Christian nationalism, stating that Christian nationalism is a threat to our democracy and itself unchristian. And it becomes more and more obvious that basically every mainstream facet that they have at their disposal is designed and weaponized against the American people in order to psychologically manipulate them. It's so abundantly obvious. We've been doing this a long time. We've been doing it basically ever since the 50s, ever since the end of World War II. We've had this intelligence community that's wanted to integrate itself and ingrain itself, embed itself in all of our entertainment, in all of our news outlets, so it can control the psychological profile of the American people. I was watching the movie Oppenheimer last night, and I got to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot about Oppenheimer. I've never read a book about Oppenheimer. All I know is that he's famous for quoting the Bhagavad Gita, when the first nuclear bomb exploded during the Manhattan Project. He said, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. But it was interesting to see in that movie how after the Manhattan Project was over, we saw this massive push against Oppenheimer because of his, his former associations with the communists. He was, as he self-described, a New Deal Democrat, an FDR Democrat, which isn't really that far off from a communist. But he was anti-Nazi, he was a Jewish guy, and he worked for us during World War II in order to establish our nuclear power before the Nazis could, because communist or not, he knew that America with nuclear power was safer than the Nazis with nuclear power. But they came after him afterward because of all of his associations, and it's just part of the Red Scare, the McCarthyism this post-World War II paranoia about the spread of communism. And don't get me wrong, I'm anti-communist, 100%. And it's become abundantly obvious that communism isn't a healthy form of economic policy by any means. More obvious now than ever. Maybe, you know, in the 19th century, it was less obvious that it was going to result in so many deaths because they didn't have the historical pretext or context to understand how deadly it was. But it's funny to me when we watch supercuts like what we just saw of the Democrats griping about Trump being a threat to our democracy, which we're not a democracy, or a threat to our republic, which we are a republic, they constantly compare him to Mussolini and Hitler as if Mussolini and Hitler were the most evil entities in the 20th century. Now, don't get me wrong. They were among the top five most evil people in the 20th century. They were terrible people. I'm not condoning Hitler or Mussolini by any means. But if Trump is Hitlerian, then what does that make Biden? Because to me, when I'm looking at the left, I'm seeing something that's Maoist or Stalinist or Leninist, certainly Marxist. And if we look at what happened in China between 1958 and 1962, where estimates as high as 100 million people starved to death, 
because of communism in China alone, that's more deaths in four years than in four centuries caused by white supremacy, according to all the numbers reported by mainstream outlets. The common number associated with the Holocaust is 6 million. So let's assume that's true. I believe it's probably true. 6 million. That's 6% of the deaths caused by the Holocaust compared to the deaths caused by communism. But somehow Hitler is more evil than Mao? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So you're going to say that Trump's like Hitler or Trump's like a Mussolini when the left is Maoist. They're talking about this totally expansive world government, which is basically the pretext of communism, because communism has always believed that the only way that it really works is if it spreads everywhere. And it's true because it's like any other Ponzi scheme in that it can't work unless it expands indefinitely. So we want to talk about a new world order, the anti-globalist movement, this pro-nationalist movement. What we're really talking about is anti-Marxism. Because this globalist movement is a form of Marxism. And I know Schwab is a Nazi. I know his dad was a Nazi. I know his dad actually moved to Germany voluntarily during the war in order to be a Nazi responsible for operating the research facilities that were researching heavy water so the Nazis could actually have a nuclear power. But what he's doing is some sort of weird Nazi-fascist-Marxist hybrid where he uses all the emotional appeal of Marxism and all the centralized government appeal of fascism, and he's merged it in this globalist narrative. Because you got to keep in mind, the Nazis were not globalists. The Nazis were nationalists. They were really sort of the first, most famous, famous form of nationalism. And not all nationalism is fascist, but of course, in the Nazi example, that was fascist. Basically, the definition of fascism is what the Nazis did. But they weren't somebody that believed in a world government. They were somebody that believed in national sovereignty, in German sovereignty, in everything for the sake of Germany, everything for the sake of the fatherland. That was what the Nazis believed. And then what the communists believed was everything for the sake of the party. So it becomes less about national loyalty and more about party loyalty. So there's this internationalist, globalist, communist push that happens, and that's what freaked out our intelligence community after World War II. But what Schwab did, which is really sort of ingenious, evil, but ingenious, is he merged the two notions together. He merged the notions of fascism and Nazism with Marxism so he can exploit the strengths of both in order to seize power over the entire world. I mean, this is somebody who we do not know how he's been able to acquire or sustain so much power. This is not somebody who's a multi-billionaire. He's not a Soros person. He's not a Musk person. He hasn't come into some sort of business mogul and established this power through just leverage of investment in the market and push and pressure and screwing with currencies and manipulating and abusing the power of the market. This is somebody who pops out of nowhere and suddenly leaders from all over the world are meeting with him and bowing to him and following his policies and listening to him and just celebrating the fact that they're listed as global leaders on the WEF website. And we see him shaking hands with every world leader from Xi Jinping to Trudeau to Biden to even Trump. How is it that this guy Klaus Schwab has become such a successful influencer in the world when there's basically no reason for anybody to listen to him at all that I can tell? How is it that he pops out of nowhere in the 70s, his dad literally being a voluntary Nazi? This is not somebody who was forced into the party because they happened to be in Germany at the time like everybody else was. This is not somebody who just fell into it, was pressured into it, wrong place, wrong time. This is next level, son of a Nazi, nobody talks about it, and now he's leading the entire world in terms of policy, whether it's DEI or ESG or whatever's going to happen next. This is somebody who's the son of a Nazi.
and not everybody should be held accountable for the crimes of their fathers. I understand that. I don't believe that just because he's the son of a Nazi makes him a Nazi sympathizer. But if you look at what he actually says, it's not just his accent or his cold, dead eyes. When you look at what he actually says, it's abundantly clear that he's actually a sympathizer. Because though he's not a nationalist like his father probably was, though he's not a nationalist like the Nazis were in terms of loyalty exclusively to Germany and the German people, this is someone who believes in things like depopulation, who believes in things like eugenics, who believes in things like not a national loyalty to one nation, but a national loyalty to one world government. And he's taken that Nazi approach to just centralize fascism and abuse and leverage and power over all business conducted worldwide through these centralized banks. He's taken that Nazi approach and he's merged it with Marxism, which is this love for the environment, this sacrificing of one's individuality or sovereignty to the party, to the masses, to the greater good. And he has brilliantly found a way to combine the strength of fascism with the strength of communism to create the most evil movement in the history of the world. I know we can talk about how the fact that, well, the WEF hasn't conducted any death, death camps yet. Well, they got everybody to take this vaccine that was experimental. They're getting everybody to sacrifice the integrity of their businesses for the sake of an international movement. They're certainly supporting the funding and death of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians in this perpetual war. They're propping up Israel against the Palestinians when, for God knows why, we seem to choose one humanitarian crisis over another. And we claim it's because we care so much about the death of innocent people, but we allow the Armenians to be trail of tears and murdered and massacred. And we don't care about the warlords in Africa or all the other humanitarian crises. Or we don't care about the hundreds of thousands of people in North Korea who are eating crickets and worshiping a big fat man who now can have his own row on Southwest Airlines. But why is it that we bow down to this Klaus Schwab guy? Why is it that we've fallen for it? And the fact of the matter is, because his narrative, his organization, is conducive to the success of our political class. See, our political class no longer represents our people. And it's the same for every leading major world power. No political class really represents the interests of the people. Maybe, maybe Putin, and I'm not a Putin sympathizer, I think he's probably a really bad guy. But I think what he's doing is actually probably in the interests of the Russian people. If you look at the total concept, context of what's going on but when you look at our politicians they constantly come together in these international forums and they promote and push these policies that make no reasonable sense whatsoever i mean why is it that we as a nation would show up to the likes of a davos meeting or a un meeting or a nato meeting and actually advocate shutting down the production of all fossil fuels why is it that we would actually advocate locking people up for using gas-powered landscaping equipment? Why is it that we would actually advocate bullying our own car manufacturing industry into this electronic vehicle industry that's not going to be lucrative for anyone and actually causes more carbon emissions than if we would just put gas in our cars because the electricity is made from burning coal? And the reason is because every time our politicians spend our tax money, they're getting kickback. Because they're personally invested in these contractors, these services, these products that the tax dollars are purchasing. And so they have incentive to just spend indiscriminately, to fund the shrimp on the treadmill in Iran as an earmark of a COVID relief bill. 
They have incentive to increase the debt ceiling every single time, and they gripe so much about not having any money. But then when they do have money, they spend it on all the dumbest things that you could possibly imagine. The reason is they're invested in these organizations and these institutions that make money off of the taxes, and they've made it legal for themselves by making it illegal to prosecute any of our politicians for insider trading. They have totally protected themselves, and so they have created this racket, and they abuse it, and they have sold out to this international community because they have a tit-for-tat deal. The whole incentive is that the international political class works for each other to keep each other in power at the expense of the various peoples that they're supposed to represent. And it's why we see DOJs that come after any sort of populist leader. I mean, let's look at this clip. This is clip two of Jack Smith. He's playing politics. What's Trump convicted before the 2024 election? Because they don't want any sort of a populist in. Because as long as the people are doing well in any nation, it means the political class is at risk. Let's go ahead and run it. Agree with me that Smith and Judge Chutkin are acting based on the election schedule. I do agree with you, Michael, and I think any fair-minded observer has to agree with that as well. Just look at Jack Smith's conduct in this case. The motivating principle behind every procedural request he's made has been speed, has been getting this trial in before the election. Let's take a couple examples. The trial date. The average federal conspiracy and fraud trial takes about a year and a half to two years between indictment and trial. In this case, we have dozens, hundreds of January 6th rioters caught on video, straightforward cases. They, too, were given about a year and a half to two years between indictment and trial. Jack Smith originally requested a trial date for Donald Trump, a far more complex case, five months out. He wanted a January trial. It was set for two months later. So Donald Trump is being given far less time to prepare than other defendants. And the actions this week, Jack Smith won an argument on immunity in the district court and then went right to the Supreme Court. I think a right move. I think the smart move. The only reason you ask the Supreme Court to do that on an expedited basis is if you're racing against the clock. And Jack Smith clearly is doing that here. Okay, I referred to the election as the Voldemort of the petition that he filed. Why not say that? Why not simply say there's an election on the horizon and I'm afraid this guy's going to get away? You will never hear either Jack Smith or Judge Chutkin utter the E-word, election. They will not specifically say it. Instead, they use this sort of euphemistic language about the need for resolution, that kind of thing. Here's why I think Jack Smith is not willing to do it. Two reasons. First of all, DOJ rules, unwritten and written, both say you are not supposed to do anything that could impact an election. In fact, you are supposed to affirmatively try not to take steps that might impact an election. And the second thing, and I think Jack Smith is right about this, is if he is to say, okay, judge, we really need to try this case before the election, Donald Trump is going to seize on that aggressively. He's going to say, see, folks, when I tell you this is political, Jack Smith has now admitted that he wants me tried before the election, and that's political. So I think he's very wary of that. Okay, so then evaluate the... We, we agree. We agree that he is acting, Judge Chutkin is acting with an eye toward the election calendar. Now I want to hear Ellie Honig assess the propriety of him doing exactly what he's doing. Because on one hand, you could say, well, he's being political. On the other hand, I guess you would say, Ellie, like you, probably back in the day, he's an aggressive prosecutor. He's worked the case up. He wants to get before a jury. Right. I don't like the artifice here. I don't like the game playing, the wordsmanship that we're seeing. I think Jack Smith ought to just come out and say it or not. Here's the arguments both ways. First of all, if Jack Smith is trying to get this case tried before the election, and he clearly is, 
Look, that is political. I mean, the counter argument would be, well, Jack Smith just wants the American voters to have resolution before they go to the ballot box. And I understand that. As a voter, I would like to know. But here's the problem with that argument, Michael. Jack Smith doesn't just want to get this trial done and let the chips fall where they may and let the consequences be what they can be. He's the prosecutor. He believes this case. He wants this case to result in conviction. And so his position isn't just, well, I want this case tried before the election. His position really, as a practical matter, is I want Donald Trump convicted before the election. I have no problem with the first part of that. It's his job to want and try to convict Donald Trump now that he's now, indicted. Now, all this is happening in the context of New York Attorney General Letitia James admitting that they denied Trump due process and the judge found Donald Trump guilty before this trial even began. This is clip six here. New York Attorney General Letitia James admitted that Judge Arthur Engeron had already determined Donald Trump engaged in a significant financial fraud before the trial even began. Run it. After 11 weeks in court, we rested our case against Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, and other defendants. We brought this case after our four-year investigation revealed that Donald Trump committed repeated and persistent fraud and unjustly enriched himself, his family, and his business. Before this trial even began, the judge ruled in our favor and found that Donald Trump did engage in years of significant financial fraud we uncovered. Throughout this trial, we revealed the full extent of that fraud. We introduced extensive evidence and questioned more than two dozen witnesses. We heard from Donald Trump and his family, his co-defendants, his current and former employees at the Trump Organization, his accountants and associates at a financial institution, loan underwriters, real estate professionals, and experts. And their testimony illustrated years of fraud and baseless valuations to inflate Donald Trump's net worth. And we showed that Donald Trump's financial statements were used to get better loan terms, tax breaks, and a host of other economic benefits. Next month, we will return to court to present our closing argument. I'm confident in our case and that justice will prevail. No matter how powerful you think you are or how much money you think you have, everyone is equal under the law. All this Even despite the fact that it's abundantly obvious that everybody in America actually wants Donald Trump to be president. I mean, we're going to watch this clip. This is clip five. Crowd goes wild as Trump and Ted's UFC fight flanked by Dana White and Kid Rock. Former President Donald Trump brought the house down Saturday as he entered the arena in Las Vegas while Kid Rock's American badass blared through the speakers. Let's go ahead and run this just so we can see what the Americans think about Donald Trump. Donald Trump. No booze can be heard. By UFC President CEO Dana White. And they are all rising inside T-Mobile Arena to pay their respects to the former leader of these United States of America. Donald Trump is a massive UFC fan. He's watching our fight nights at home, but he has been omnipresent at our live events this year, and he is out to support the former interim champion, Colby Covington, tonight against Leon Edwards in our UFC welterweight championship main event. All right, next on ESPN2, men's college hoops, NC State and Tennessee. But our prelim coverage ends here from Vegas. You know what time it is, though. The best is still to come. The main card for UFC 296. Edwards versus Covington live on ESPN Plus. Pay-per-view from T-Mobile Arena starts right now. Absolutely amazing to see. We're going to cut to break and cover more news over the next 30 minutes. In the, in the final hour of the show today, we are going to be taking your calls, so get your phones ready because I want to hear from you what you think about all this. But before we cut to break, I want to talk a little bit about Winter Sun. 
Plus, which is back in stock, get it today for 40% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. It's finally back in stock, and now it's time to boost your natural defenses with our powerful vitamin D3 and K formula. With winter here, there's no better time to make sure that you're getting the vitamin D3 your body seeks than with Winter Sun Plus at 40% off. An update to a classic InfoWars Life formula, Winter Sun Plus contains 100 micro micrograms of vitamin D per serving, as well as vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. Winter Sun Plus is incredible. Formula works together to promote calcium absorption, support the body's natural immune system, provide the necessary vitamin D for whole body support, and vitamin D and K work together synergistically to maximize the benefits of both vitamins for your body. It's such great savings. It's the best way to get your nutraceutical vitamin D3 for less while supporting the InfoWars crew. Don't wait until it's gone for good. Get Winter Sun Plus for 40% off today at InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason that we are still on the air. The Christmas Super Sale is still operating at up to 60% off, plus free shipping storewide and double Patriot points for so many of our other products as well. Christmas time is here again. Defend the celebration of the holiday and support the InfoWars crew while getting the gifts you need for yourself and your loved ones at rock bottom prices. Instead of getting your family members the same cheap gifts, why not give them the gear, preparation, supplies, or supplements they really want? Our powerhouse formulas are up to 60% off, folks. Get them today and be the reason we're still on the air. Welcome back to Sunday Night Live, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this evening. I didn't know I was going to play these clips. I, I I didn't want to play them again because I played them on Friday, but we talked about the Civil War trailer so much and the God and Country trailer so much that I want to play these before I start taking your calls in about 25 minutes because I want to hear what the audience has to say about some of this stuff. So let's go ahead and run that Civil War trailer, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll get into the God and Country one as well. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I'm just aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if? Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! Move, move, move! We're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God. Indivisible, 
with liberty and justice for all. God bless America. If you elect Donald Trump in 2024, we will have a civil war. Spring 2024 IMAX. Experience it. <laughs> what? Now, don't get me wrong. It looks like a pretty baller movie, but it's very obviously propaganda against right-wing extremism. Civil War is the greatest evil threat ever. They got Ron Swanson up there, who we all depict mentally as a right-wing extremist because of his hilarious role in Parks and Rec. Coming at us as this dictatorial president, as this catalyst for civil war, as this man who kills journalists. The journalist is the hero in the movie, obviously, played by Kirsten Dunst. And frankly, I can't... Why is it that every movie about journalism, the journalist is a hero, and we know that the journalists have been the greatest enemies of the people for like the last 30 years? <laughs> They've lied about virtually everything, got us into almost every single war, and it's only the exception to the rule that journalists actually go out and find a story and bust a real instance of injustice. I mean, we practically have to beg journalists to cover things like the Hunter Biden laptop story or to cover things like Spotlight and what was going on in the Catholic Church and what still may be going on in the Catholic Church. A church which I have been recently excommunicated from, by the way, for reasons I don't wish to discuss. And yet we see the Dems and the mainstream narrative do these crazy things like have these orgies in Senate hearing rooms and film it and then it leaks and then they complain on LinkedIn as if LinkedIn is the place to defend your actions. These are Biden staffers, Biden commercial appearance goers we're doing these things in the Senate room as if we're the ones that abuse the sacred space that is the Capitol building because of January 6th while they're literally filming sodomy and creating amateur gay porn in these rooms and then apologizing for it on LinkedIn or defending it, not even apologizing for it, just defending it on LinkedIn. That staffer went to LinkedIn to respond to the fact that his amateur gay porn was released. But yet they come out with documentaries like God and Country because the real threat to democracy isn't sodomy in a Senate room. It's Christian nationalism. Let's go ahead and run this one. America and Christianity are like baseball and apple pie and we celebrate them together. I was 16, 17 years old when I became a Christian. I'm an evangelical minister. I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm a Christian nationalist. I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are. Is Christian nationalism Christian? Um, no, it isn't. We should be blazing forth as a countercultural example and instead, we're leading the charge of malice and division. Christian nationalism uses Christianity as a means to an end. That end being some form of authoritarianism. Being a Christian is about the values of inclusion. Christian nationalism is certainly not based on the values of the gospel. God wants America to be saved. 
they're told over and over and over again that you're in danger. You need to fight if you don't want to lose your country. We are in a civil war between good and evil. This is not a movement about Christian values. This is about Christian power. What happens to the people who don't believe this stuff? We are on the precipice. God is on our side. We're taking our nation back. The thing that keeps me up at night is that we lose democracy. Does that seem possible? Yes. Christianity at its best is committed to love and truth and justice. If we do this right, what a country we will be. Unbelievable. So Christian nationalism now is the end of democracy. Any sort of Christian values in our nation are just a path to tyranny. <laughs> While we have Democratic lawmakers pushing for secure digital ID and biometrically synced information with your smartphones. During a recent House Financial Services Committee hearing, several government officials shared updates on their work on digital ID and central bank digital currencies, two types of technology that have the potential to give the government unprecedented levels of control and surveillance power. We got it right here. Several Democrats also praised these technologies and criticized lawmakers who are pushing legislation that would shut down CBDCs. Digital IDs received an enthusiastic endorsement from Representative Bill Foster, Democratic representative from Illinois, who positioned them as a way to mitigate the risks of artificial intelligence. He also praised digital ID systems in other countries, such as India, Estonia, and Korea, because we should be more like those countries. You know that Korea is going to have a massive depopulation over the next several years? I think it's something like only four out of every hundred South Koreans are even going to have grandchildren. It's ridiculous. Depopulation is going to be a massive genocide over the course of this century. And we're trying to be more like these countries. We're trying to have more policies like from NATO or the WEF or the UN or globalists like Bill Gates and others about depopulation, how important it is. They say they want to vaccinate populations at the same time they, they say that they want the population to be drastically reduced. It doesn't make any sense. And let's just watch this clip. This is clip three of them talking about the importance of regulating AI because the government, of course, wants to have total control of this weapon of mass information so that we can't use it as independent Americans, as sovereign individuals to defend ourselves against their misinformation. They want to ensure that they're the only ones that are capable of using this incredible technology. Let's go ahead and run clip three. Emerging technologies like artificial intelligence present new opportunities to make our financial system more secure, inclusive, and efficient. They also present new risks if not, that, if not mitigated, can be a threat to consumers and the U.S. economy. One of the most immediate of those threats are that deepfakes created with generative AI models can mimic an individual's appearance or voice. This makes scammers much more convincing and makes it harder for financial institutions to verify the identities of their customers. Now, countries like India, Estonia, Korea, there's a long list, have taken national steps to provide citizens who wish with a secure form of digital identification that can be presented online. A secure digital ID biometrically synced to your smartphone allows individuals to remotely verify that they are who they say they are, saving costs, reducing likelihood of fraud, and to allow individuals to defend themselves against deepfake identity fraud. 
Now, Mr. Vice, in your testimony, you mentioned that NCUA is evaluating digital ID technology and that, in fact, some credit unions have completed successful pilot tests of this technology. Uh, could you describe the experience of the credit unions uh, that you referenced? Uh, for example, were the credit unions able to streamline the process of onboarding new members? Um, and again, I'd be uh, reporting what they've reported to me, but it gives them a secure method to identify and certify someone's identification, and it reduces the time to onboard. Yep. So if this, for example, if this was in place uh, during COVID when we had to onboard massive numbers of unbanked customers, and but the customers had had a secure digital ID, um, would, would that have been a, a, a big improvement in our response to COVID? Uh, one of the things that I was very amazed with during the COVID period of how advanced technology had to become to be able to offer financial services to individuals. So as long as the tool is used properly, it could have been a help. Mm -hmm. Um, now, the mobile ID rollout in the United States has been fragmented, uh, with some states moving much faster than others to adopt the technology. Have you identified any barriers that are keeping states from adopting this technology? And do you see a use in national standards uh, to, to promote this? That would be a state decision that uh, the NCUA wouldn't be involved with, um, but definitely pointing to NIST and the standards have been established by NIST on the digital identification. Yeah. Do any of our other witnesses have any comments on this area, the utility of a, of a national standards for a secure digital ID provided by states? No one's jumping for the microphone? Okay. Uh, Ms. Epstein, several states, including Arizona, Colorado, Maryland, and Georgia, currently issue mobile IDs attached to their smartphone. Um, has the CFPB received any requests from financial institutions regarding the use of the mobile ID for identity verification in consumer finance? I'm not aware of um, any particular requests. Okay. And then do you believe that a secure digital ID might protect consumers and save them time when addressing areas, you know, such as consumer online transactions and so on? I think um, we have certainly seen in our consumer complaint database and, and other forms that um, scammers and, and other types of um, identity theft continue to be issues um, throughout. So um, to the extent that that would be helpful, um, okay. but I don't have any particular... Specific things. Okay. So we've been talking about this for weeks, basically ever since Hotep Jesus came on. We had an awesome episode with Alex a couple of weeks ago talking about digital currency and digital IDs. This is more evidence that he was absolutely right. They're going to come after us with these digital IDs, and they're going to do it in the name of the unbanked. They're going to do it in the name of helping the most vulnerable among us. And they're going to get everybody roped into the system because they know that those who are the poorest among us, those that are the most vulnerable among us, use cash. And the problem with cash is that it's not trackable. It's hard to tax. You can actually have a free market if people exchange money hand to fist to buy goods or services. And they want to come and they want to get everybody roped in with this digital currency so they can monitor everything that we do, and so that they can justify this digital currency so they can control the way that we transact money at all times. And this is part of a globalist agenda because we've seen here that Congress has approved a bill aimed at Trump to prevent any president from exiting NATO. Buried within the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act, 
that was just passed in both the House and Senate is an amendment which aims to prevent any future president from withdrawing the United States from NATO. So now we're roped in without any sort of presidential authority into these international agreements, treaties, even though the executive branch is supposed to be exclusively responsible for trade agreements with foreign nations. One of the legislation's co-sponsors, Tim Kaine, one of my favorites, Democrat from Virginia, described that it reaffirms U.S. support for this crucial alliance that is foundational to our national security. It also sends a strong message to authoritarians around the world, mainly Putin, that the free world remains united. So now we have one united free world. It's not about the United States of America. It's about the United Nations of the world to these people. And they want to get us all roped in with these digital IDs so that this international community from a central location, from a centralized authority, can control everything that we do, monitor everything that we do, and ensure that money is totally controlled. All transactions are totally controlled because they know that this current fiat system is going to collapse. They know that we're in this economic war with China about digital currencies, about global reserve currencies, and they want to make sure that when this fiat does collapse, they can usher in this new digital currency immediately and control everything that is done in terms of economic behavior or activity. Because they don't want anybody rising up. They don't want any civil wars. They don't want any sovereignty against this new world order, which they seek to establish. And we see that they are just increasingly upset around this border argument, why is it that they're incessantly importing tens of thousands, tens of millions now? It's over 10 million people since the Biden administration came into office into our country. The border is wide open and they won't do anything about it. They act like there isn't even a problem and yet they're upset when they hear rumors that maybe Republicans have some sort of leverage over this issue. Let's run clip seven here. Watch as Democrats melt down over reports that Biden is negotiating with the GOP on border security measures, radical open borders. Democrats are losing their mind, their marbles amid reports that Joe Biden is negotiating with Republicans over border security measures in exchange for Ukraine war funding. Let's go ahead and run this clip. I'm very concerned because the Republicans have never gotten immigration right. That's just the fact of it. Um, there's not very it's much that the, the Republicans get right in general. And so to basically say that issues of national security as it relates to how we're going to take care of our allies should be tied to this mangled immigration process is absolutely insane. I mean, when you look at somebody like Greg Abbott, my governor, and his solution, his solution is to basically say, hey, we're going to kill people that are trying to come in. Like, that's not a solution. Like, the Republicans don't have the solutions. They want to continue to defund the aid that is going not the aid, but they're continuing to defund um, border security. Well, I mean, who's going to sign up for this job and you're not paying worth anything? More than 13,000 illegals caught entering the U.S. in one day. And she's saying that conservatives, it's just a fact of it, have bad border policy. Illegals, illegal entries at U.S. borders remain at historic levels as the Biden mass migration catastrophe continues to intensity. Apprehensions of illegal aliens along the southwest frontier alone are now surpassing 10,000 on a daily basis, while migrants and smugglers also exploit their borders and ports of entry. This all in the context of this increased globalization with global carbon pass imminent globalist demand famine as 200 countries cut oil. You realize that every third world country is full of millions of people who depend on oil and fossil fuels in order to actually survive. We're not talking about the United States here where we can actually afford to do some of these 
irrational measures. We could actually afford to implement some of these green policies. It would be very expensive and harmful to us, but we wouldn't die. But when you talk about third world countries without fossil fuels, without carbon emissions being allowed, they're going to literally freeze to death in the winters. They're going to starve to death. They're not going to be able to have electricity or internet in their houses. But nobody cares because part of the depopulation agenda is to wipe out those who are just a drag on the system. They don't want the middle class to die. They want the middle class enslaved. They want the poor to die and the middle class to pop, prop up the political class. And we know this is coming because we've seen reports that Mark Zuckerberg, a member of the political class, a member of the elite, is building a top-secret Hawaii doomsday bunker with a blast-resistant door. What? A Wired investigation reveals that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is building a massive underground bunker with a blast-resistant door to survive the end times. What? For years, Zuckerberg has added hundreds of acres to his controversial 1,500-acre ranch in Kaui, Hawaii. Much of that has been known, but now new planning documents reveal a 5,000-square-foot underground shelter equipped with own energy and food supplies, which is being constructed according to the tech blog, citing public planning documents obtained through public records requests. Detailed planning documents obtained by Wired through a series of public record requests show the makings of an opulent techno Xanadu com complete with underground shelter and what appears to be blast-resistant door. On the surface, the estate also called Kulau Ranch will have two central mansions joined by a tunnel connected to the underground bunker. Building documents also showed the compound would be self-sufficient with its own power generation, food supplies, and a 55-foot diameter and 18-foot tall water tank. So on a remote island, we see the political classes trying to establish some sort of doomsday prep. What does he know is coming? What is he foreseeing as part of the future? I guess maybe he knows that World War III is coming. And it's becoming more and more obvious because we see that the U.S. Navy warship has been attacked by drones in the Red Sea. We're going to run clip eight here in a second. A U.S. Navy destroyer deployed to the Red Sea amid Israel's war with Hamas has shot down a barrage of 14 attack drones that were allegedly launched from Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen. Let's run this clip. An American warship traveling through one of the busiest shipping waterways in the world has shot down a barrage of attack drones. Aaron Gilchrist joins us from Washington, D.C. Aaron, this is not an isolated incident, and could it have an impact on global trade? Jose, this latest launch happened early this morning. U.S. defense officials saying the USS Kearney shot down 14 attack drones in the Red Sea launched from areas of Yemen controlled by Houthi rebels. The Houthis say they were targeting Israel. This is just the latest in a series of instances since October 7th of U.S. ships destroying drones and missiles launched by the Iran-backed rebels either directly at Israel or at ships they believe are connected to Israel. The Red Sea, the Gulf of Aden, the Suez Canal all see about 30 percent of the world's container ships, and now several major shipping companies say their ships will not use that route, which could impact the global economy. The White House saying it's working to strengthen a 39-nation task force to make the Red Sea safer for commercial ships. Jose? Thanks for Unbelievable. watching. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, who knows if these attacks are really even happening? Who knows if this is just sort of another false flag to get us into World War III? But it seems like Zuckerberg knows that something's up. It seems like everybody in the political class knows that something's up. We've seen that four shipping majors halt vessels on the Red Sea after these attacks. So that's two global shipping majors suspended their vessels passage through the Red Sea on Friday. Denmark's Maersk and Germany's Hapag Lloyd. This all in the context of 
homelessness hitting record highs in the U.S. Of Representative Clay Higgins dropping January 6th bombshells about FBI sources infiltrating the crowd on January 6th. Hunter Biden reportedly planning to flee America if Trump is elected in 2024. Maybe he'll go into Mark Zuckerberg's end-of-times shelter. This amid a report of Obama fearing that Joe Biden could lose the White House to Trump in 2024. Of course he could. Hopefully he will. Hopefully we can win and vote beyond the powers of their cheating. And other reports that Europe is entering an era of wars according to a top security forum. This is the comfortable era of prosperity and the welfare state under the protective umbrella of American defense is ending and Europe needs to switch to a war economy. The director of a top European security forum has warned. I want to hear from you guys in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. We're going to be taking calls through the remainder of the show today, the final hour. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com because Winter Sun Plus is back in stock. You get it today for 40% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points. It's finally back in stock, and now it's time to boost your natural defense with our powerful vitamin D3 and K formula. With winter here, there's no better time to make sure that you're getting the vitamin D3 your body seeks with Winter Sun Plus at 40% off. An update to a classic InfoWars Life formula, Winter Sun Plus contains 100 micrograms of vitamin D per serving, as well as vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. Winter Sun Plus's incredible formula works together to promote calcium absorption, support the body's natural immune system, provide the necessary vitamin D for whole body support, and vitamin D and K work together synergistically to maximize the benefits of both vitamins for your body. With such great savings, it's the best way to get your nutraceutical vitamin D3 for less while supporting the InfoWars crew. Don't wait until it's gone for good. Get Winter Sun Plus for 40% off today at InfoWarsStore.com. There's other great products as well that are part of the Christmas Super Sale, up to 60% off, plus free shipping store-wide and double Patriot points. Christmas time is here again. Defend the celebration of the holiday and support the InfoWars crew while getting the gifts you need for yourself and your loved ones at rock-bottom prices at InfoWarsStore.com. Your call's on the other side. John, we're going to break here. When were you arrested? Okay, uh, I get Come again. Holy hell. John, when were you arrested? Come again. This is just the way my phone system works. So let's take a phone call. You got to make some phone calls. You got to call some people. The phone is in my bedroom. I suggest you get going. Where are you calling from and what do you want to talk about? Am I on? God almighty. Pick up the phone and start dialing, folks. Listen to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Go on, pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. (laughs) Where are you calling from? Go get upset with Go ahead. No, I love you. Just please go ahead. 877-789-2539. Welcome back to Sunday Night Live. I am Chase Geyser, your host this evening. Right out of the gate, I want to speak with my man, Indy Luke. What is going on, Indy Luke? How are you this evening? Chase Geyser. Hey, What's buddy. up, man? How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Man, so I was watching those clips of um, mm-hmm. those little uh, movie clips you had. Yeah, the trailers? I mean... Yeah, dude, I, I seen like groups in there, like the Red Cross that were put up there. Yeah. People wearing masks, like just it's the whole diversity or diversity, inclusion, yeah. equity, or die for short, as I like to call it. Yep. Uh, 
basically, I wrote down like a little definition of each one. So diversity, mm-hmm. it's racist to question takeover of the country. Um, it, you can't talk about. They want everything to be more multicultural and diverse. And, right. They want to kill all Western you know, culture. Correct. And they frame the any support for Western culture as racism when it really has nothing to do with race because those who support Western culture don't care if you're black or Asian or Jewish or Muslim. We just want you to assimilate to Western culture. But they frame Western culture as white only. And so any support for Western culture is then racist. And that's what diversity really means is Western culture is racist. If you talk about it, we're going to cancel you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Equity, gender equality, and handouts for it's basically the socialistic push to get people to be to accept the handouts, um, to make it more equal to where they can bring in the central bank digital currency and such. And inclusion is the promotion of wars, you know, quote unquote spreading democracy yeah. and we need to include everybody in world war. <laughs> right. You know, it's so include it's so it's so democratic. It's so it's so great it's that so we all amazing. voted to kill each other. <laughs> it's, it's so inclusive. It's just wonderful. You know, it's, it's great. That's right, Indy. <laughs> well, thanks so much for but, your call, uh, buddy. I'm going to get on to the next call. I appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. Let's check out uh, Bandwagon in Tucson. Bandwagon, what did you see as, as far as immigration camps in Arizona? What's up, my man? Hey, man. Uh, so, yes, I was... Uh, searching for a location that you know i got a little hint from and it's right next to the shopping mall it's unbelievable incredible wow Wow. so you you can go to the mall get your camping supplies and then go to the concentration camp right next door well that's almost kind of the point that i was trying to make i mean like the traffic around this uh, location it's insane it's bumper to bumper it's a parking lot because everybody's out shopping for you know all the chinese you know, products and stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets, you know, you can look into it. You see the Mexican buses, you know, all these tour buses with the Mexican, you know, names and writings, you know, uh, uh, Chihuahua tour, whatever it said, right? I have videos. Yes. I have pictures on X. I tagged you guys. Please, you know, if you could play them. I questioned one of the girls in the in the parking lot. You know, I went up to the fence and I questioned one of the girls and I said, hey, uh, when when did you get here? Where, uh, where are you coming from? And it's all in Spanish, but you know, I, I you know translated right after. And she said, "No, I just we just arrived to the building last night, mm-hmm. and we came here from Guatemala." So there wow. it is, and they're using public transportation buses. The same right, buses and it's not just people. It's not just people from South America or Central America that are coming no, here. No, I mean, there are people no. from all over the world. We saw the footage last week of people from Africa coming across. We know that over seventy-two thousand people have been apprehended at the border since the onset of the Biden regime. From countries of interest, so that's terrorist countries, so the Middle Middle Eastern countries. We know that we're importing terrorists into this this nation. Yes, so they're using, I guess, to take some of the heat down. They're u- they're using public transportation buses, wow. so that they're blending in a little bit. So those same buses that the public is is yeah. you know utilizing, like Greyhound stuff like that. These buses are no, no regular public transportation buses. Wow, you'll see it in the video. My 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 uh, ex is. Number one bandwagon. If you could pull up the videos, I tagged you guys all over it. Uh, so uh, people are They're not there. even walking on the right side of the road. Everybody knows in the United States, you walk on the left side of the road. And they're all walking on the right side of the road. This is <laughs> Talk about lack of assimilation. I'm looking at this footage here. Yeah. There's hundreds of them on the road. They're not even walking on the right side of the road. What the hell? 
yes. I got a whole bunch of pictures. I got a whole bunch of videos. It's on my ex, and I'm going to, you know, the same name. It'll be on, on Rumble later on. I'm trying yeah. to, oh, the guy that was running this program, he was holding an envelope that said Google Buellos. That's, that means Google Flights. So that means this is all organized through Google. This guy wow. was trying to trick me into this facility so that I would get arrested. He's like, oh, I'm inviting you in or whatever. So I'm like, I'm not that stupid, man. I'm, I'm yeah. only here. I'm, Come I'm on in and join us. Come into our concentration was, camp. Would you like to take the train? <laughs> he was openly inviting me to come in and record. He's like, you want to take pictures? You want to record? Come on right in. I'm like, I'm not stupid, man. I'm not yeah. going to go in there. You go in, you never come back, man. Thanks for your call, Van Wing. I appreciate it. Barton, Georgia, what is on your mind? Well, I was just thinking about the Obama propaganda film, films and yeah. with all due respect, Chase, why did you make us watch that garbage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you got to see it. You have to keep your friends close and your enemy closer. Closer. We have to know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and, and this Letitia James, man, this is <sighs> another thing that literally makes me want to puke up my Sunday beer here. Hey, at least I didn't make you guys watch the footage of that staffer getting it in the uh, Senate hearing room. Oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out how to block it from my Twitter feed because every other post, every other post was that footage. And I didn't want to see it anymore. I was involuntarily subjected to gay porn for like an hour and a half the other night. Yeah, definitely hands off on that. But yeah. uh, Merry Christmas, Chase. Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for your call, man. Paradox and Interzone, what's on your mind? Hi, Chase. Um, I have coined a new term okay. called tech. Tetrapath, T-E-T-R-A-P-A-T-H. Tetrapath, okay. And this, re right, tetrapath, this reflects that psychopaths not only fall on the spe spectrum of psychopathy, but they also fall on the spectrums of three other personality disorders, narcissism, mm -hmm. Machiavellianism, which mm -hmm. is a thing, and sadism. And Machiavellianism, and for the sake of the audience, is those who justify who believe that the ends justify the means. So you could do whatever terrible thing you want if the ends justify it. Right. That's, that's definitely part of it. And this is the subject of psychological research and they're calling it the dark tetrad. So that's where I came up with tetrapath. Why are they calling it a dark tetrad? Well, because the idea is, uh, Ser seriously disturbed people can fall in the spectrums of these four mm. uh, separate dimensions of personality disorder. Okay. Uh, narcissism, Machiavellianism, sadism, and psychopathy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, maybe I miss sadism, but that's one of them. Yeah. So the idea is to standardize on a specific label for the psychopaths. Not only do we need to know our enemy, we need to have a label a consistent label to call them by. So like now people, is it the globalist? Is it the elitist? Is it the deep state, the WEFers? Is it the, you know, the Rothschilds? And so we need to coalesce and call them what they are. And one of the problems is psychopath is like a, a throwaway line. It's like you're, you know, they're crazy. They're yeah, not it's been used too much. parasites. Right. Exactly. But if, but if we could like call them, tetrapath and then so you the audience or whoever you say you know bill gates is a tetrapath and the, and the person goes well what's that and then you can explain it to where does the well, sadism come in where does the sadism come in for like a bill gates uh sadism is not necessarily sexual 
It's right. people that enjoy inflicting psychological or physical pain on people. Right. Like, so it's and know, it's not so it's not it's not enjoying inflicting pain on yourself. It's enjoying just inflicting inflicting pain on anyone. Right. And okay. it could be psychological or physical. And then right. of course if you want to put pain on yourself and, and then you make a good point, it could be they have their they fall in spectrum of masochism as well, because you have the sadomasochism. Right. But uh, but that's the idea is like if we could just, you know, call them out, like we could use the word tetrapath like we use the word felon. The person is convicted felon, or, you know, so, uh, and then we could just uh, coalesce and focus our energy and calling them what they are. And here, I've almost forgot. Here's a suggestion for you, Alex. Uh, have a panel discussion with psychiatrists and psychologists who evaluate, like Klaus Schwab, mm. his writings, his speaking, yeah. or, you know, the interviews he's been on, and have them, have the psychologists grade them on the four scales of... That's interesting. We should we should get some, some open-minded, rational psychiatrists to come on as guests and actually do profiles yeah. on some of these people because we see what they're doing, right. we talk about it, we know that they're evil, but it's hard for us right. as normal, healthy people to understand the psychology behind even wanting to do such evil. Perhaps we should have some people on sort of in the know to talk about profiling these Klaus Schwab's, these Bill Gates's, these Epstein's, what have you, so we can understand a little bit about what's driving them because there's obviously some sort of sick abuse or power thing going on in their past that is getting them to catalyze this sort of behavior. And, you know, we, we know we know that Satan is behind it, right? Yes. Like people poo-poo the, you know, when you call you to use Satan or being in the right. spiritual aspect. But the psych, uh, psychopaths can, are, it's a clinical diagnosis or what they call subclinical. Subclinical is when there are indications that someone is on these uh, spectrums, but they're not in like a... a uh, and traditionally, a, a psychopath is somebody who is clinically is described as somebody who doesn't have a conscience, right? Is that, that That's actually the definition of psychopath. I mean, we throw it around. You say your ex-girlfriend's psycho, but the, non-colloquially, the actual clinical term psychopath means this person does not have a conscience, right? Yeah, that's one of the factors, and they don't have empathy. Right. They don't have empathy. They're ruthless people. Right. They can see and, somebody else know, in pain, and their heart doesn't go out to them at all. They can see a dog drown in their heart, but they don't want to cry. Right. They, they, they just don't right. feel any sort of empathy or have a conscience. They can do the most terrible thing without feeling any guilty. Right. So not only do we need to know our enemy, we need to label them specifically and mm. use it consistently and say, you know what? Bill Gates is a danger to humanity. He falls on these four spectrums of uh, tetrapathology. Yeah. And, you know, he needs to be brought in for isolation and evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> these people are pathologically evil. Paradox, thanks for your call. Bob in Utah. Bob, what is on your mind? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bob. Uh, on Face the Nation, they took Donald Trump out of context. Mm-hmm. All these countries are emptying their prisons and their mental institutions and sending them to America. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, it's just, it just awful. Yep, absolutely, Bob. Let's hear from Jefferson in Virginia. Jefferson, what's on your mind? Hey, happy Sunday, Chase. Happy Sunday. Thanks for calling, man. I always love your calls. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're allowed to say that. Yeah, we're allowed to say that here. <laughs> this is a safe place for Christmas. Obviously, we have all the festivities up. <laughs> 
I, I am afraid to say that you know we're all hoping that the next election is going to be run properly, but I'm not even sure we're going to have an election we would recognize as a, a real election. But what we should certainly make sure of is that we're all willing to commit a property crime, much like the Boston Tea Party was a property crime. Yeah. And we need to destroy the warehouses and hold the voting machines that they will use at the last second if they have to. Yeah, you know what we should do? We should get we should get just thousands of pounds of fentanyl and just throw it into the Boston Harbor. <laughs> the fentanyl party, man. The Boston fentanyl party. I'm not actually advocating for that because obviously that's illegal and we don't advocate for illegal activity, but something like that would just be astounding. I mean, I was do you remember the story of the guy that just blew up the the Georgia Guidestones a few months ago? We didn't talk about it much. You remember that? Sure. Did they ever catch that guy? Day. No, no, they they obviously were going to botch that investigation. That was sort of an inside job to get that out of the way so we could just yeah. all forget that it existed. They don't want yeah. that monument there talking about only 500 million humans existing on the planet. So you think that they actually got rid of it? You don't think it was sort of like what happened with that satanic idol last week where it was beheaded by that, that guy that was just like, this is sick, I don't want this here? Do you, you think it was actually an inside job? Yeah, I think the, the uh, cost-benefit analysis on the 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 the, the guidestones was a negative. They said, you know, if we keep uh, having this uh, laying out what our plan is for the world, then people are going to gravitate to it, and it's yeah. going to become something that works against us. Just crazy! Wow. What else is on your mind? Do you, so let me ask you this: Do you, obviously there have been rumors that we're not going to have an election in 2024 at all? There have been people have said that we're going to get into World War III and they're going to push the election back. In order to push the election back, they would actually have to amend the Constitution because the Constitution does explicitly require that we have an election. Do you think that they're going to successfully find a way to amend the Constitution to push back the election, or do you think that they're just going to have an election in name only, sort of like the last time? Uh, it depends how the, the script plays out, I assume. But, the, you know, if they have to say they amended the Constitution in time to push back the election or, or alter it in some way and the way we conduct it, they'll do it. You know, it's kind of like the 16th Amendment was never yeah. actually ratified properly. Yeah. So if they if they need to do it that way, they'll do it that way. But I just I'm saying, uh, you know, a lot of states are saying you, you don't get to vote electronically. You have to do it on paper. We're trying to do the right things in a lot of states. Yeah. But if there's another outbreak or we go into this uh, World Health Organization treaty, which isn't really a treaty, then at the last second, they say, well, now we have a pandemic, so we have to follow the U.N. directives, so we're going to go back to using the machines at the last second. If the machines exist, they'll find a way to use them. We really have to destroy the machines, much like the Tea Party, the property crime. Don't kill the guards, but burn down the buildings. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, make sure when we leave this segment tonight, guys, if we can roll out on the machine. Welcome to the machine by by Pink Floyd. That just comes to mind when you yeah. say that we got to destroy the machines. Jefferson, thanks for your call. Jake in Virginia. Jake, what's on your mind? Oh, I wanted to plug the, uh, I got uh, three months worth of food. In, awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I bought that stuff too. I bought that before I even started working here. I bought that and it's actually pretty good. I cracked one open and tasted it. Well, I, uh, I got it within three days. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was awesome. The shipping. Yeah, the shipping and, uh, is awesome, got, usually between got, three and four days. So I know we said last week that if you order, that Friday was the last day you could we could guarantee getting things by Christmas, but it's highly likely that if you order today anything that you'll get it by Christmas. Yeah, it was it was great. I want to let everybody know that uh, Alex isn't joking about the shipping, and uh, yeah. it, it was all in really good shape. Toothpaste is great. You guys are awesome. And there's, gonna, uh, there's not going to be any elections. I think chaos is going to break out, and... Uh, we're, we're in a world of trouble. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not looking good. Either outcome of this election, if Trump wins, there's going to be violence in the street. If Trump loses, there's likely going to be violence in the street because the FBI will try to catalyze violence and blame it on the right, even though the right doesn't conduct it, violence. And it's, it's just not looking good over the next couple of years. This is a really trying time for our country. Either way, we lose. Either way. Yeah, either way, we lose. And the crazy thing is, just m mentioning that, man, U.S. terror watch list has doubled in size in the last six years, according to a report. The U.S. government's list of known or suspected terrorists has nearly doubled in size in the past six years with American citizens comprising a growing portion of the names CBS reported on Thursday of last week, citing former and current intelligence officials, court records, and other government documents. So they're already adding up a list of Americans who are supposedly terrorists. I believe the list is now over 2 million people. And they're just wow. setting the stage to blame us as terrorists for whatever unrest is going to happen because of their political crimes against the American people. Expect the worst. Expect the worst. Jake, thanks for your call, and thanks for supporting the InfoWar. Klein BMX in Canada, what's on your mind? Uh, hi, Chase. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, yeah, the, the X2, I got it stockpiled. It's, awesome. Uh, this is uh, just about two years' worth of doses in that little bottle. Yeah, and, it's amazing. Uh, I've uh, last year, I got the uh, triple pack of the toothpaste with the cor uh, coral, the super blue original, and the charcoal. Do you like the uh, Do you like the toothpaste? I haven't tried it yet myself. Oh yeah, no, I've been on the toothpaste for years. But I'd like to talk about. Uh, you guys are talking about the trailer. You got to see this. Yeah, the trailers. I I'm not wasting my the few brain cells I have left on it. On okay, the trailer guys, or on the movies? On on all of it. I don't yeah. watch sports anything i i go back to the books and uh one book that all the info war warriors out there probably know about none dare call it conspiracy it's yes. 40 years old it, it's an easy read it's a it's 150 pages it's an easy read it i, I think it's still available at infowarstore.com um but the, um communism mm. it, it's it's a difficult, difficult subject it's not a grassroots movement of the downtrodden, these poor oppressed people. No, it's a top-down funded movement yes. for total world control. Yes, 100%. I wish it's I proven had, itself to be that I, time and time again. I wish I had read that book when I was 12 years old. It's it, it, Again, if you haven't picked up a book in a long time, it's a great start. It's a bit of a, a, a blood boiler, though. You yeah. kind of slam it closed going, oh, my God, this is happening today, and it was written 40 years ago. Absolutely. Klein BMX, thanks for your call. Christian in Montana, what's on your mind? Hey, I'm just calling in. Uh, happy to be here. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And I just want to say, Bill Gates smokes mid. That's why he's crazy. They need to smoke the real ganja. Thanks for your call, Christian. I appreciate it. Danny in Portland. Danny, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's up? Uh, no, I just want to make people aware of what the deep state is doing. Like, we need to really stay focused during these times because there it's a huge it's a huge spider web and they've been mm. doing this for years and years i mean almost coming up did i lose you danny uh, are you still there yeah i'm still here sorry i'm it's listening okay. to the podcast so it's kind of like relaying in the background <laughs> oh it's okay just mute it in the background and we'll, we'll chat okay yeah let me mute it real quick. okay great yeah uh, but i, yeah, I agree with you, you the go. spider web of disinfo is 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 totally it's, legit it's and they insane. do it from every medium they do it from the news they do it from hollywood they do it from every way that we consume anything whether it's music whether it's youtube whether it's social media algorithms whether it's everywhere news. i it's mean crazy. i thought i've had to stop my kids from watching disney because there's so many subliminal messages that i, I see 
over and over again. And I explain it to them, and they, they get it. They're like, oh, no, I I believe that. Like, we Do you think there's subliminal messages so, in the old stuff, too, or is it just the new stuff? I No, I, I believe that there's some in, in some of the old stuff. Yeah, um, like I Pinocchio's a human trafficking movie. Oh, wow. It's ho- horrible. It's like they're they're literally saying what they're doing. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're putting kids there's on There's an island with a bunch of abducted <laughs> kids? Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> it gets insane. And and it's been going on for so many years and it's so hard to keep track of all the little plans that they got going on. Yeah. And we and, and and the worst part is that they're so adaptable and they can jump ship and go on to the next thing and then we don't even know what's going on and then we're confused again. So that's that's the biggest thing is I feel like we need to be careful with them hopping over to the other side and we need to try to protect our minds and protect everything that they throw at us cuz this is going to be a time for their Hail Mary for all their plays. They're going to run everything they can right now. What do you? What would you say is an example of a good, just wholesome Disney movie from, from throughout history? What What would be one that you would think would be okay for kids? I, you know, that's a hard one. I think Lion King, maybe. <laughs> Lion King, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and even then, you just have to be really careful because they, like I said, they have been yeah. really sneaky in the past and they've always you know flew under the radar now they're not even hiding it anymore now it's just like every movie you know yeah. so i don't know we'd really just have to take the t- time and dissect each movie bit by bit and see you like know, it's, where it's crazy too because i grew up in the 90s one of the movies i liked when i was a kid is was mulan well, yeah. I, I liked i liked mulan i thought it was great but then you watch it now in the context of all this transgender stuff that's going on for kids and the whole movie is about how a woman can become a man and I'm like, whoa, yeah. were they were they pre-programming us all the way back yeah. in the 90s for this it, crap? It really is. It really is. Like, I mean, they pre-program and that, that, you know, they have studied and literally studied the way the mind works and try to manipulate everybody and how you can control mass populations. And they just embed little things. It's like a little mustard seed and then it just grows. And then it just, yeah. by the time you realize 25 years later that their plan is in being enacted, you know, and it's all unraveling in front of you. How do you think so, it is that we were able to break through it? Because I, I was just as much subjected as anyone else to all the programming of the Disney's and the news and Hollywood. I I watched all those movies. I grew up just like everybody else did, but for some reason I didn't fall for that, it. Why is it that we didn't we snapped out of it? Because that's the beauty of the of the human mind and mm. consciousness. Like that's the beauty of of us as humans. We can we can turn and leave we can change our mind and say you know what oh my gosh i can't believe i was doing this i was lost yeah like i can't believe i was listening to that or realizing you know and, and we go through stages and, and people do change you know as much people say oh people don't change they, they do we we change and you know things years go by we go through certain things and it and it shapes our future and the way that we are yeah you know it's crazy i was i watched a portion of the Barbie movie last night just to see. I just had to see what. Oh my gosh. In the yeah, very first scene of that movie, they remake the famous scene from 2001 A Space Odyssey where the monkeys sort of realize how to use tools and how to control property and they do the murder yeah. and they remake yeah. it so it's these little girls that are bashing these baby dolls and the narrative is that for a long time dolls were always babies because we only wanted women to be mothers. And that's not what women really want. What women really want is to be anything else other than a mother. And that's why Barbie was so successful because she was the first doll that wasn't a baby. And you could be Barbie astronaut. You could be Barbie lawyer, Barbie president, whatever. And it's literally these kids bashing babies in the beginning with the 2001 Space Odyssey aesthetic and the music, you know, the famous, I I can't remember the composer that wrote that music, but it was, you know, the first, the fifth, and then the octave, the bum, 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 and it was just insane. I couldn't believe 
believe that they have all these children bashing babies at the beginning of the Barbie movie. I'm like, how does anyone say this isn't a psyop? Nope, it is. And that's the problem with our society is that nobody, you know, we're all just so stuck in our own little lives. We don't see everything in the in the back scenes. Yeah. All, all the decisions that they're making for us, all the pre-planning. I mean, you've, you've seen it throughout the years of The Simpsons, and a lot of it's come true. Yeah. And pretty, I mean, pretty much all of it to the T, actually. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. We have to be careful because I am definitely pro-Trump. I think the President Trump definitely did an amazing job throughout his presidency. But I also do understand that they have a crazy grasp on a lot of things that we couldn't even begin to understand. Yes. So we don't know if they could also use him in a certain way. Like, I, I remember when the COVID vaccine first came out, he actually did promote it at some point. And yeah, he did say, sure. I took, he said, I took it, you know, I'm fine. And, you know, I just think that we have to be careful. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and, honestly, and, I think uh, they ran I think that they tricked him. I think that he thought it yeah. was this great thing. And you got to keep in mind that the mandates that happened all happened under the Biden administration. So Trump was yeah. always yeah. a right to try candidate. He was always for these experimental drugs being an option for desperate people. So he comes out and with this he vaccine, he leaves office, and then they forced it on everybody, and everybody blames Trump for the vaccine. It's like, yes, it's his fault that it existed, but it's not his fault that everybody was mass inoculated. Yeah, not only that, but he was also tricked as well. Yes. So I do under, I do understand that there's a lot of levels, you know, and I think that with him, at least he can correct his wrong and maybe admit that he's, he was wrong or they, he got tricked. Yeah. So I do yeah. respect him for that. And um, But like I said, I think we just need to keep an open mind as always. Yeah. And, Try to, try to look out for the little nuggets of information that they're throwing out there. Danny, and thank you for your call. Out. I appreciate it, man. I, we do have to cut to a break here in just a couple of minutes. I want to ask the crew if they can find the first scene of the Barbie movie. I might want to come in the next segment because we're about ready to go on break with that first scene just to show everybody as an example of what's happening. Danny, you had some awesome points. And make sure that you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I will be going through your calls for the remainder of the show this evening. I see Christopher, Philip, Curtis, Tim, Terry, Matt, Dylan on the board. We're going to get to your calls in the next segment as well, so don't hang up. And anybody else who wants to call in, feel free to do so. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com because Winter Sun is back in stock. Get it today for 40% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. It's finally back in stock, and now it's time to boost your natural defenses with our powerful vitamin D3 and K formula. With winter here, there's no better time to make sure that you're getting the vitamin D3 your body seeks than with Winter Sun Plus at 40% off. An update to a classic InfoWars Life formula, Winter Sun Plus contains 100 micrograms of vitamin D per serving, as well as vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. Winter Sun's Sun Plus's incredible formula works together to promote calcium absorption, support the body's natural immune system, and provide the necessary vitamin D for whole body support. And vitamin D and K work together synergistically to maximize the benefits of both vitamins for your body. It's such great savings. It's the best way to get your nutraceutical vitamin D3 for less while supporting the InfoWars crew. Don't wait until it's gone for good. Get Winter Sun Plus for 40% off today at InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. And make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. Chances are, if you call in now, we will have a chance to get to you before the end of the show this evening. And make sure you stay tuned for more on the other side. Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. 
But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... This is the first scene of Barbie, where they bash babies and they encourage women not to be mothers. Just like we were talking about. genocide of babies isn't it wonderful i don't know just as b-roll if you can throw up that scene of 2001 in space odyssey with the monkeys but you'll see how it's exactly the same thing let's take a call from dylan in michigan dylan what is on your mind hey wait i gotta get my dad real quick he wanted to see me talk to you guys okay cool why don't i i'm gonna go to another call and i'll pop back to you when your dad's next to you i promise i'll pop right back to you let's take lynn in indiana lynn in indiana lynn i got your books by the way thank you for sending those Oh, still screening line. Okay. Dylan, let's pop back to you. Maybe your dad's there. Dylan, what's up? Hey. Hey, how are you doing? So good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Uh, I want to talk about how the, the Netflix thing. Yes. Oh, I never introduced myself. My name is Dylan. I'm 13 and I'm from Michigan. Thanks for calling. It's uh, good to have young listeners. My dad buys all your guys' stuff. Uh, he bought me. Or he didn't buy me, but he bought himself some X2. Awesome. So, but, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, so the movies on Netflix, how they're trying to, like, make Republicans look bad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just stupid. People will realize that that's propaganda. So, well, tell me a little bit about your generation. You're 13 years old. We, we talk a lot about what's going on on TikTok and in the schools these days. What are some things that you've noticed at school with some of these sort of woke ideal ideal ideologies oh uh well for starters when i was in my old school gladwin mm -hmm. uh Pete, there's boys walking in the girls bathroom and girls walking in the boys bathroom wow. and i did not like it because blood gets me like really like weirded out and there's tampons in the boys bathroom Ugh. that made me like really grossed out yeah Man. Especially all those boys going in the bathroom. And I told the principal about it, and he was like, I wish I could do something, but I would get yelled at. Because the superintendent, my dad told me, the superintendent took the money, which I'm guessing means, like, you know, he doesn't care about it. Right. Yeah, wow. So. Crazy, man. Dylan, thanks so much for your call. Thanks for being an info warrior. It was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Your dad should be proud of you. You are the future of America, man. I appreciate you. Let's hear from Christopher in New York City. Christopher, what's on your mind? Yes, I have a piggy and a blanket uh, question. Okay. Uh, the first thing, the first thing is, uh, show my age. Uh, your first name was after Charlie Chase. <laughs> no, I just got named Chase because I have three older brothers, and my parents named them Chad, Clayton, Colby, so they wanted a C name. Okay. And the middle question, which is more important. People are asking me, because I tell them about these trials, why they don't have a jury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they don't want anybody to determine a different outcome than their desired outcome. 
But, but technically, I mean, can they do this? I don't know if you have to have a jury for a civil case. I know that you can demand okay. a jury for a criminal case, but okay. if it's civil, I think that maybe the, 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 the judicial system can get away with just convicting you. Okay, and the last part of the piggy blanket is you look like a very young Gene Shepard. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't even no, know what Gene no, Shepard looks like. I'm a photographer, like. 75 years old, and I met Gene Shepard, and I photographed him, and when he was young— he looked very much like you. And Must have been a good-looking guy, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, smart, smart as a whip. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Christopher. Honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Let's hear from Philip in Daytona. Philip, what's on your mind? Uh, good evening, Chase. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Absolutely. So I was going to say something Christopher just said, too, about the these default judgments are absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's completely unconstitutional, and I don't know why our elected representatives aren't up in arms about this. Well, because they're all part of the same machine, man. Well, so that's, so that's, so that's my point, right? This is actually an indicator. Yep, it's There's a big another indicator. indicator, too. Yep, yep, I saw another indicator, too. What is where that? If you take all the Americans and line them up and you go, one, two, three, every third person approves of what Joe Biden is doing. Yes. Yeah, it's one in three. This country is in big trouble. Yep. I don't know how anybody like, can get behind him after everything that we've been this, going through. Nothing is I better honest, than it was in 2019. Everything is worse. So, Literally every metric yeah. is worse. Yes. And unfortunately, I don't see, even if we win everything, I don't know how it's going to get better because these people that we've elected are sold out. So yeah. I'm a big proponent for the national divorce. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's reasonable. It's, it's, it should certainly be legal. You know, I, I, I love the United States. I, I love America, and yeah. I love the idea of a union and everybody, all the states coming together. I, I like the traditional idea of it, but it's obvious to me that a national divorce should be, there should be a legal way for that to happen. And I know the Supreme Court came out after the Civil War and said secession was illegal. I know that post facto, they said it was illegal to justify some of the things that Abraham Lincoln did. And I know that the first Civil War was largely based on slavery, which is an atrocity, and it forever gave secession a bad name because whenever you mention the name secession, it's automatically associated with right-wing extremism and racism because the first time it tried, they tried to do it, it was associated with slavery. But obviously, states should be able to leave unjust governments. It's very clear in our founders' documents that when a government is unjust, a people should be able to declare themselves independent of it. After all, that's what we did in the revolution. We declared ourselves independent of an unjust government. So it's the most American thing ever that we should be able to secede. So to say that we can't or shouldn't is tyrannical in and of itself. I, I agree. And unfortunately, uh, no matter how bad people think it was with the Civil War, no one's going to like the next Civil War. That's right. It's and this be ugly. is the only way to avoid it, in my opinion. Yep. You got to be able to get a divorce if you're in an abusive relationship. Philip, thanks for your call. Curtis in Florida, what is on your mind? Hey, uh, nice to talk to you. My, my mother's last or maiden name was Geyser. Okay, so I, I have some Geyser in me. Where's she from? <laughs> right. Cool. Uh, well, her family's uh, German. There were Elmlingers and Knips and others involved in her yeah. family. I think she was uh, second generation. Was she Pennsylvania Dutch or was she in and, Kansas? So actually from Germany, but uh, mm. uh, there was no. We weren't able to trace the family history back. And, you know, uh, my wife is convinced yeah, that I'm related to Dr. Seuss because his real last name was Geisel, and he looks exactly <laughs> like me. He also he looks I, even more like my brother Chad, so she's convinced that we're related somehow. Interesting. 
Well, I know there's not much time here, and I want to tell you how much I appreciate uh, your enthusiasm, your charisma, and just how you can multitask. And uh, Thank you. As re- I appreciate your personality uh, and everybody's hard work there, and Harrison Smith and everybody. But um, yeah. what I want to get at is that I, I've always I've been 62, so when I was in debate in high school, that's what got me in the library. So mm-hmm. when I started looking up, you know, uh, Congressional doc records and reading about the Council on Foreign Relations and yeah. you know the plan to to eliminate national sovereignties and I'm thinking well wow that's interesting and this was like I'm uh, 77 right mm-hmm. just a debater in high school but I was running across the stuff while I was researching other topics to debate in so anyway that became uh, something I followed all my life and uh, you know. <laughs> As you know, everyone, uh, people don't understand that way of thinking because it's not dominant in the media. So, we—I just feel like we had this—we uh, have this moment in time right here where it's like we—it's the greatest adversity and persecution is what brings people together and brings, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, when everything's idle, nothing really happens. So it's yeah. either hot or cold, right? Not lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think God's intention for the church in the book of Acts was that, that we have all things in common, that we share it, we help each other, we, you know, that it's not communism, it's different because it's led by, by God and, and under his, under, under the, you know, the, the rules mm-hmm. of, of the, of the Bible or, you know, op- operating underneath. Uh, but so where we missed it is, and I've worked in missions a long time ago mm-hmm. in cities uh, to help, you know, when I first got started ministry. And because I felt like that's where God was really, you know, doing his work to help people yeah. uh, with gr- the greatest need. And I was always frustrated with mainline churches, even though I played music in them and, and et cetera. But I, I talked with a pastor one time about building a database within his church of people's needs and resources so that you could access like what people needed and what people were capable or willing to do, mm-hmm. either in service or or you know what they had, to build a database of self-support within that church and then to multiply that within the, the denomination and then multiply that interdenominationally so yeah. that the church had a strong support base. So how do we achieve that? Because, you know, the media and everything is really, you know, there's no system of government. There's no system uh, in place for the public to, to hear, know the truth or be able to turn, uh, you know, they have to come here. And, well, you know, I think, I think the I'm thing glad, is you know, to, to accomplish that sort you know, of thing, being, the people who have those ideas like yourself just have to figure out a way to do them. Like, and it's one of the things too, we have people call in all the time with different ideas and suggestions about things that InfoWars could do or different people could do in order to solve these problems. And there's only, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only so much we can do on this network. We're trying, for example, just to fight for free speech, get the truth out to as wide of an audience as possible. Obviously it's amazing that we're back on X. Alex Jones gains a million followers after returning to X in the first week. His account had over 60 million impressions on X the first week that he was back. So that accounts for like one in six people in the country would have seen or been impressed with, with one of his posts. And so that's our mission here. And I wish that we could do everything. I wish that I could give you these solutions about things like the database you suggest, which I think is a fantastic idea. But when push comes to shove, everybody's just got to figure out what they can do and then do it, you know? There it is. So on a community level, we can just buy, you know, when I used to be involved in campaigns, we would go door to door and talk to people. And I think we just need to reach out community level because we're the, we're the sleeping giant, yeah. you know, yep. uh, people in America, good people, and, and they know something's wrong. But I think we just need to set aside the fear and the people that have the, uh, the, the fear as you're listening to it as mm-hmm. the people with Alex has done for us all this time, that we can just begin to reach out uh, to our neighbors and to be able to to educate and and, uh, 
and, and draw people. And then since the InfoWars store has resources, you know, that's a resource base that all these people can be exposed to as they, you know, despite or beyond any religious consideration, at least people should have a support system mm-hmm. to be able to take care of each other in their communities outside and beyond the, the power structure and that we're also taking on at the same time, yeah. right? Amen, brother. Okay, Curtis, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. Let's hear from Len in Indiana. Len, I wanted to get to you, and thank you for sending me those books. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I saw Barbie six times. Why did you watch Barbie six times, Len? <laughs> it was six times. Is it just because Barbie was so Mar- uh, Margot Robbie is so good looking? Is that why you watched it six times, Len? Well, that that wasn't a deterrent for sure, <laughs> but. But it was six times before I didn't see something new in it. You have to analyze this thing. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, I enjoyed it so much because I'd ask the, the ladies, you know, that I would see at restaurants or something. I'd say, um, I ask them if they saw Barbie, and they'd say no. And I'd say, well, does Barbie love Ken? Uh-huh. And the best response I got was a lady said, my Barbie did. That is a good response. Yes. And see, you find out men ought to see it because you find out they got a playbook. Yeah. You know, and the first thing that you saw, they didn't want to be mommies. They wanted to be hotties. Yep. That's right. They didn't want to be mommies. They want to be hotties, Len. And so the last thing, when she becomes human, okay, she goes to her gynecologist. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Uh, that women yeah. go to gynecologists well, and that's what it means to be a woman? <laughs> well, she had to get it working. She had to get it working or to shut it down. Well, she didn't have one as a doll. Right. That's right. You know, fascinating. So, I, you know, I didn't make it to the end, so I didn't even know that you're telling me for the first time that that happened in the end. That is a fascinating aspect of this piece of propaganda. And, you know, the women convinced them, uh, you know, there was an election. And so the men were busy fighting over the women, the Barbies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because of Mojo Dojo Casa House, Ken came back to the world and, and figured out patriarchs ruled this world. How come we got to take over Barbland? Yeah. It's deep. It's really It's a deep, deep movie. Len, thank you so much for your call. It's always an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Let's hear from Jason in Michigan. You wanted to talk about predictive programming. What's up? Yes, the Honorable Chase. Good evening. Good to hear from you. You know, it's crazy. Last week, Klaus Schwab came out with a video where he was talking about how great predictive programming was, and he expounded on it and said that we should move it to prescriptive programming. Yes, if if they know who's going to win the election, why have the election at all? Right. Was that a good good voice? That was good, man. That's exactly (laughs) what he said. It's insane. They're saying what they want to do right to us. Well... And when you go back and you look, you were talking about cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Um, go back and look at all these Disney movies. Look at the covers where the laces on the one prince's boots spell sex. If you go in slow yeah. motion. And the covers of the know. movies are loaded with subliminal messaging, too. A lot of phallic stuff. Yep. And then you look at whether it's Huey, Dewey, and Louie when they're in a gift shop and the sign on the wall says Illuminati like it's an eye chart. Wow. 
you got the eye on the top of the pyramid and just about every cartoon out there from South Park to Donald Duck to Mickey Mouse. Now, do you think it's just sort of like an inside joke that they do to troll, or do you think that they're actually dog whistling? Uh, No, I I think it's more just symbolism. You don't even have to know what a symbol means to affect this signal. Every 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 word and symbol all create a sound through a wave, whether you know it or not. Yes. Uh, you go back to Nickelodeon and you look at say SpongeBob. Wasn't anything more popular than SpongeBob twenty years ago? Right. And it, you got Squidward who was wrath. You got Plankton who was envy. You got Sandy the squirrel who was pride. Yes. You got Mr. Crab who was greed. You got the snail. Who Seven was deadly glossy. sins. And you got Patrick who was sloth. I'm not sure who lust was, but you know. And then 20 years later, all of a sudden, pride gets its own month. I don't know why. <laughs> wow. it's, it's, it all goes back to SpongeBob, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I I let my son watch it, but I didn't know any better. Sure. 20 years. Ago. Sure. Jason, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. Truth Seeker in Michigan, what's on your mind? Hey, Chase, how's it going, man? Thanks for calling. On my mind today is the power of the Jesuit order and the Vatican. And I'd like all your younger listeners to research the Jesuits. You guys heard it. Check out the Jesuits. Go on Wikipedia, learn about it, learn about how they seem to be involved with so many of our major players in this globalist network it is a fascinating topic let's hear from tim in washington tim what's on your mind i just wanted to let america know that joe biden is the um, is the humiliation ritual that ruined the world and it's self-inflicted and all we have to do is take our culture back and be americans again we don't have to i mean look they're they're having butt sex in in the chambers i mean what else are they not doing i mean come on yep and, and just because a Democrat America. got caught doing it doesn't mean that Republicans haven't been doing the same crap in the same rooms for decades. Well, the UN's got to go, doesn't it? It does. Anybody loyal to the UN has to go. You cannot America be loyal first. to, you can't serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. And the United States has been trying to serve the international community of many masters. And that's why we're seeing this just decrepit debauchery and this entropy of our country. We need to be loyal to our own people and not to the people of the world because we can't serve them all. We just can't do it. God bless America, and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Tim. John in Tennessee. John, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, the, what Lakeisha James said. Yeah. Uh, she said about the judge had already decided that Trump was guilty before the, tru- the trial yeah, started. Yeah, and that was about the only true thing she said. Yeah, shouldn't uh, the a- AG and the governor be stepping in and removing that judge? Yep. Or at least the Justice Department? Of course, we know none of them people will. <laughs> right, yeah, well, they're all, they're all in the bag. That's the thing. It's how can you have justice when every every superior that you would appeal to is also in the bag? John, that's a good point, man. Thanks for your call. Matt and Pueblo. Matt, what is on your mind? Hey, Chase. Very nice to uh, speak to you. Nice um, to speak with you as well. Sir. Hey, I, I I like I like the uh, Kobe light uh, stuff from the Dr. Stella. She is man, yeah. That Thomas good. and the crew it, takes that stuff and swears by it. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, I use I kind of like go back and forth between the vitamin mineral fusion and the Kobe light. So, so have but, you been but, sick but, at all yet this year? Uh, excuse me. Have you gotten sick at all yet this year? Has it helped you? Oh no, not at all. Awesome. So, that's doing good. To hear. But um, I wanted to bring up two quick things. Sure. Uh, 
I was really intrigued by Mike Adams' um, um, thing about the AI, the medical AI. Yeah, it was. Uh, I met him for the first time on Friday. He came on the war room after he was on with Alex Jones. Great guy, super nice, beautiful uh, uh, German Shepherd dog as well. I can't wait. I can't wait to get my hands on that and and learn, figure out what's going on with that with with that program. You yeah. know, I don't. I, I've never messed with the AI before, but um, I think it would, I, I make shells of like props, like prop robots uh-huh. from Star Wars yeah. on my three printer. Oh, that's so I figured, cool. I think it would be really neat. Take Mike Adams' program and put it in a two one B. You know, the robot that um, yeah. so Luke's hand on. Yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And that was that a deleted scene from Return of the Jedi? Um when they're work well, no, it happened in a new it happened in at the end of Empire Strikes Back, but he was working on it in the beginning of Return of the Jedi before he went into Jabba's palace. Right, right, right. Well he was working on his lightsaber. Well oh, that's regardless. Right. That's right. So, but, but I thought that'd be neat to you could actually bring something like that to, to like real life, you know. Yeah. But um but my other point was I'd like to see a deep dive on the Bohemian Grove footage that somebody that, that got into the Bohemian Grove recently. Yeah, I heard about and that. As, you know, something about the altar. I want to know more about, like, because there was some kind of little, love, like, it looked like a cobra. Did you watch and the original Bohemian Grove documentary that Alex Jones is famous for? Absolutely. What would you yeah. think of that? Uh, well, it was harder to see. This guy. Yeah, it was old school. You know, it was before digital cameras and stuff. Right, right. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was, yeah. You know, I mm, I saw Alex Jones at Coconut, I think it was called the Coconut Grove in Santa Cruz after he had gone, tried to go the second time around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Those, those, guys, those Brad Milter uh, guys were, were dirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. much about them to, to, to speak on it, but Matt, thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate it. Marcus in Idaho, what's on your mind? So I just want to say to um, anybody who's around Arlington, Virginia, to get out there with the pitchforks and the torches and stop that uh, desecration of taking down that Arlington monument. Screw the politicians. That's not theirs. This is, Tell me about the monument. Our- what is it and who's trying to take it down? This is the first I've heard of it. Please for, pardon my ignorance. It's the Arlington Monument uh, that's uh, to the reconciliation um, for the Civil War, uh. and the government has that they're going to just take it down. Yeah. And meanwhile, outside of Philadelphia and Elkins Park is a is a cemetery dedicated to Ukrainian Nazis who fought in World War II, and it's got the Iron Cross with the Ukrainian trident symbol right in the middle of it, and nobody's trying to take that one down. That, that's not the point. I mean, the point is this is ours. This is yes. our history. This is our heritage. Yes. My family fought on both sides. That is a slap in the face to every one of us who has roots in America, and they're trying to take that down. No. I, I need to say that we need to get out there. The left always do die-ins. They stop traffic in the road and stuff. Yep. Why can't we get out there and stop these? Uh, put sugar in the gas tanks. Put, uh, I mean, anything, spike the ding and tracks. Anything you do, camp out in front of their pitchforks. I mean, uh, lock up the whole thing. Make sure it can't happen. I'm talking to any patriot out there who's hearing around the area, because I'm in Idaho. I can't do anything about it. But we need to get out there in mass and say, no, this is not going to happen.
Amen, Marcus. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. We are coming up on the last minute of the show this evening. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be with you tonight. Thank you for calling in. All the callers were great. I really enjoyed everybody calling in this evening. Make sure that you visit InfoWarsStore.com and check out Winter Sun Plus, which is back in stock. Get it today for 40% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points. It's finally back in stock, and now it's time to boost your natural defenses with our powerful vitamin D3 and K formula. With winter here, there's no better time to make sure that you're getting the vitamin D3 your body seeks than with Winter Sun Plus at 40% off. An update to a classic InfoWars Life formula, Winter Sun Plus contains 100 micrograms of vitamin D per serving, as well as vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. Winter Sun Plus's incredible formula works together to promote calcium absorption, support the body's natural immune system, provide the necessary vitamin D for whole body support, and vitamin D and K work together synergistically to maximize the benefits of both vitamins for your body. Get it today at InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. More this week. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. All right, I just did an hour with no plugs. We don't plug. We're not going to be here. We have great products you need. Storewide free shipping, double Patriot points. Please do your Christmas shopping at InfoWarsStore.com. TurboForce is the best clean 10-hour energy. Nobody else has got an energy formula like this. It's the very best. TurboForce, TurboForce, TurboForce. We got storewide free shipping. We got double Patriot points. And this has been sold out for almost a year. The highest quality, highest rated vitamin that you need for your body. Winter Sun. If you don't get sun, that's why you get most of viral infections. This is the highest quality, the two types of vitamin D3 you need, and it funds the InfoWar back in stock, 40% off. You notice we only have two five-star reviews. We have thousands of five-star reviews, but the big company that did that with us for over a decade took it away from us and said, you can't have our reviews anymore. So we had to launch another review system, but it had thousands of five-star reviews. Winter Sun, finally back in stock, InfoWar, Storb, dot com.